We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the True Faith Newcastle United podcast. Newcastle have beaten Leicester City on Easter Sunday by two goals to one in the most satisfying of fashions with a goal in the 95th minute. You've got myself, Alex Hurst, Norman Reddy, Ben Wade, Charlotte Robson to talk to you about it today and revel in 37 points a season in the Premier League, surely secured if it was not already, which it was. And we're going to talk about that. We're, of course, on Patreon for £6.60 a month. Loads more of these podcasts with this kind of thing every single week. Also, these podcasts, advertisement-free. Norman, we're going to start at the end. We're going to start mm-hmm. at the end because where else would you start than the end of this football match? You travelled to the game from from your home in, in the southeast of this country. Can you just describe for our listeners what that finish to that game was like in the context of your day, your weekend, your life? Oh, my God. Um, the day itself had been absolutely brilliant up until more or less the second half of the match, uh, which it, it was petering out, wasn't it? It was absolutely petering out. But, you know... Even if it finished ones each, I have to look back in the day and think, well, actually, I've got to meet one of my all-time heroes. I'll go into that in a second. All-time footballing heroes. I've got to see some brilliant people. I've got to see Newcastle score. Bruno's first goal at home. Brilliant day in the sunshine. And, you know, even if it finished ones each, on reflection, I would have said I had a fantastic day. But that goal, going in, I mean, that was like, it was so unexpected. We, you know, we were convinced. I think everyone was convinced that both sides were happy with the draw. And that goal gun in just it, it just elevated what had been a spectacular day into quite possibly, and I'm not, I don't think I'm being hyperbolic here, one of the greatest days of my entire life. And I've been on this earth for almost 45 years. So that was just a brilliant moment, which made a fantastic day, one of the best ever. Um I made, I mean, the whole day started. Obviously, I came up from Colchester that got up late on Saturday night, Sunday, into Newcastle. Had a meeting set up with David Kelly. We've recorded a podcast with him, and that'll be released in the summer. Uh, obviously, I'd imagine it'll go for appearance, and then it possibly went up for free later on. It was uh, just a brilliant, brilliant chat about Kelly's time at Newcastle, which was Newcastle at its lowest ebb on the brink of oblivion to getting promoted within 18 months. And David Kelly, for me, I mean, if, if you're listening to this and you imagine a player that when you're 13, 14, who you absolutely worship when your whole life is consumed by football, for me, that player was David Kelly. So that was just, it was just, it was surreal. And I was like on the verge of tears most of the way through the conversation, to be honest. Um, and then obviously meeting all you lot. Newcastle getting the win they did. And then getting upgraded to first class on the train on the way back. I mean, does it get any better? <laughs> does it get any better? Charlotte, tell me about your 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 afternoon. Or, and specifically how you felt at minute 95 of that football match. How was it for you? 
I had a lush afternoon. My I went with my dad and I, my cousin as well and his friend came with us, which was really nice. He lives in London, so I don't get to see him as often as I would like to. Uh, so we had a couple of drinks before and lots of laughing. It was really nice. It was laughing in the sunshine and I just felt very happy and free. Um, and then, yeah, sort of fast forward two hours from there, just felt absolutely just a little bit drained, but completely ecstatic. Like, so, so happy. It was so good. It was such a good day. It was a good atmosphere bar. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit in the second half when it was, there was a little lull in the game, but yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care because we won. Um, and I'm just enjoying this team and the like morale and the mood and the feel around the stadium and in the stadium so much. So uh, that was that was sort of my overriding feeling yesterday. Uh, I think before I get Ben's view, it's important to say that it was genuinely hilarious. Like it's really, really funny to beat someone like that who dominated the <laughs> second half, who've had all of the ball, all of the territory and then... Eddie Howe has made some attacking substitutions he didn't have to make. I mean, we'll talk a little bit more like you both said about the second half later, but it was just hilarious. It was just, uh, Norman, I think you said it quite nicely when this this kind of shit doesn't normally happen to us. Like, it's normally the other way around. Maybe that's just years of 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 of, of, of like having the fun and joy of football beaten out of us, but it was just so funny. Like, it was just like, I was celebrating and laughing at the same time. To win a game like that, and that game in particular, against the Leicester side who've like run riots and James's in recent years. So their their fans, you know, probably deserve it after all the fun they've had at our expense. And for, for you know, for Bruno to score and, and then the celebration was like it was just perfect. You know, he, he's 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 shirt off, he's dancing, he's pulling his shorts down and then I'm thinking better of it. <laughs> a wise choice, I think. A wise choice. Yeah, speak for yourself. <laughs> and he, it was just, it was just absolutely brilliant, and it was like there were. I always, I keep saying this. I just think like, who can stop us? You know, those scenes at full time, the flags at full time, the another lap of honor, another team photo. This is this is like mythology being written in front of our eyes. It's like we will be talking about this shit to our children, grandchildren, maybe just future generations about how good this period was and how good this era was. And I repeat, I think we're still fifteenth or fourteenth or some or something like yeah. miserable like that. You know, it should be miserable being fifteenth in the league, but it's not. It's absolutely class. Ben, anything to say on 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 that ending? Haven't you followed the mythology? I mean, even more so to think that it, it the start, the tale starts with Steve Bruce in Birmingham, the the worst city in the world, on a dark dark night, getting uh, getting beaten off walls. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I've, I'm very, very similar to everyone else. I'm lose. I've kind of lost my voice today. I'm hanging, but um, <laughs> just an incredible, like, just like few seconds of just as you say, like, just sheer disbelief. Like, we had no right to win that game. Um, and as you say, and, and Norman pointed out, like that doesn't happen to us. Like, we don't we don't nick games. It's normally happening the other way around. I mean, we're. We've already seen it with Southampton this season where we go two one up in injury time and still don't win that game. Um <laughs> like this just doesn't happen to us. So um that was incredible. Um and just I mean as you say, like there's just some hilarious aspects about it. I mean the I, I love like who whoever put the memo out to the Leicester players as well, um, that got the mistaken identity deserves an assist as well, because um <laughs> allowing Bruno and Willock to just run free 
But Joe mm-hmm. Linton, who had no danger of being in the in, in the uh, attacking move, getting like taken out as if he was like I don't know Cristiano Ronaldo like sprinting up there thinking he was a goal threat was absolutely hilarious. Um, and yeah, I mean just like just everything about the goals amazing. Like obviously it takes a, a massive deflection, but it just sits up so perfectly for Bruno, who's timed his run perfection, and it's just. A glorious, glorious moment, and as you say, like, I mean, the everybody was in the same boat. I mean, the the, the whole crowd kind of stayed. It felt like a, a big, big number stayed um, for the kind of the the lap of honor, um, and uh, yeah, it was just it's it's starting to become like a feature of like the the atmosphere at the end of the games is like as good as anything, like sort of during the game and before it. So uh, yeah, it was an in- incredible day and. Uh, as you say, it feels unbelievable to be sitting in uh, in 14th this morning. <laughs> Norman, I've got a question for you. Um, and I genuinely don't mean to sound like hyperbolic or anything like that. but um, And I'm asking you because you'll remember better than, than I will. But when did the entertainers start feeling like, or when did we realise that they were the entertainers? Because I wonder if there are some parallels here with, I know this is not probably the first the starting eleven that we're going to have next season, but that's the point. It wasn't then neither. When like is that that kind of feel? I feel like we're on the the brink, the precipice of something very exciting. We're definitely on the precipice of something very exciting, but obviously, the state of football at the minute isn't what you would, you know, yeah. attack to be able to entertain us to. But if you're talking about the, I suppose like the, the kind of, you know, that that step from being a team that was struggling in the old second division to getting into Premier League within 80 months and then becoming the say that everyone wanted to watch. There's no reason that we can't do that on Eddie Howe, right? If the investment's right. Mm-hmm. And I think the label itself, I believe it was um, Richard Harry Hans Keys who coined it. <laughs> and I think, and Mark Corby, if he listens back to this or any list, any other listener, may correct me, but I'm almost certain it was after in the Premier League, we beat Oldham 3-1 away on a Monday night game. Um and obviously, by that point, we'd you know would would started establishing ourselves in the top flight. We're hammering teams, beating Liverpool three um, nil. We were just just an excellent sight to watch. And I think I, I, I can see I could see us heading to a place where we are this really sort of free flow and attack and entertainer football. And say we've seen it with Eddie Howe in the past, right? He he had Bournemouth playing the new terminology on the front foot. I, I prefer to use attack and football. Um, he had mm-hmm. them playing like that for a while, and I think with the right personnel, we can definitely do that. But look. It depends on what I suppose how you conceive or what your concept of the label entertainers is, right? I was very much entertained yesterday just by the fact that we were so dogged. That entertains me. That kind of tactical doggedness really appeals to to the enjoyment I get out of football. And to get that winner at the last minute, I mean, right at that precise moment in time when the bargains in the net, it, it, you know, it's probably the most entertained I've been in my life. I mean, that's not an exaggeration. That moment yeah. was the most entertaining moment in my entire life. Go Eddie House Mags all the entertainers right now. <laughs> This is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. I feel like we're on the cusp of, yeah, you're right. The key point is the, foot, the style of play is different, but I don't know. There's something about this team at the moment. The celebrations are entertaining, right? It's the big red noses as well, Sean. Yeah, it'll be that. <laughs> okay. Well, let, let's just finish off part one of the show with a few more words about Bruno. You know what? Yesterday wasn't like he was very, he was very good. Okay. He scores two goals, first two goals in James's Park. But he wasn't kind of the, the 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 dominant midfield display I thought we saw against Wolves at home, um, and that's not his fault necessarily because we we only had twenty nine percent possession yesterday or something like that, which is remarkable. Um, 
So we didn't have much of the ball as a team, so therefore he has less of the ball to do the lovely things he does with it. Um, but for him to be so influential and for him to get on the end of that header, there's a lot of stuff doing the rounds on social media about just how fast and hard and quickly he has to run, how much ground he has to make up, the desire. You know, what I really like about this goal is not just just the the influence of Willock, who, who was superb, and just we've kind of got when I really want to see Willock in the team, but who do you, who do you drop from? Because with, um, you know, with Shelby kind of playing well every game, Bruno's not going to get dropped. Joe Linton's playing well. Is there a space for Willock within those three? But when you've got Willock in a team like that, he drives the ball so directly. Teams teams don't know what to do. I think it's Tielemans who he ghosts past. And that, I mean, Tielemans is a very, very good footballer and kind of ran the show yesterday, but that's a disgrace. If you're Leicester City, you're Brendan Rodgers, you're furious with him. Rugby tackle him, take him out, draw the game, take the points, take the yellow card. Um, players don't want to tackle him when he drives like he does. Players are scared of of him and what he does because there's so few players in the Premier League that are that direct and to have that and Joe Linton who doesn't do it as often but is very capable of driving with the ball from deep it it really does threaten other teams and, and for, for Bruno to recognise that and, and do what he did and get on the end of it it's such a good header you know when you're when watching it live you just kind of think or we just kind of thought or I just kind of thought it hits him he just gets ahead in it and it kind of goes off the corner of his head into the top corner he's intentionally headed that ball at the top corner of the net maybe the only place Schmeichel couldn't get to it. He didn't even try to get to it, Schmeichel, because it's so far away from him. It's so well-placed. Any diving header is a brilliant goal, but that diving header has got to be one of the best headers I've ever seen. And it wasn't It wasn't from that. It wasn't from, like, point-blank range, quite far out. Yeah. So it's an unbelievable bit of skill to be able to execute that. Now, I think he's one of the few players in our team. Maybe maybe you would give Chris Wood a shout there because he's a good header of the ball, but one of the few players in our team who actually is capable of scoring that goal. What a signing he has been. What a player he is. Um, normally you want to talk about a celebration I just quickly um, one thing on Bruno he covered 11.6 kilometres yesterday which was more than any other player on the pitch and given how the last sort of 20 minutes of the game petered out he must have been absolutely drained by about the 70th minute and then to kind of conjure the last burst of energy for that goal just shows the level of determination this lad has got and you can just see it now he presents himself right he's he's very keen to be the best of the best which is wonderful to see um but the celebration itself it was great the celebration right i mean it was it was magnificent scenes the players were all over each other but i i urge anyone who hasn't yet watched match of the day to watch that celebration again and when you see fabian shea's face in the huddle right the joy on his face, it is like so. So Bruno is like obviously deeply religious, right? I think it's evangelical, like kind of Christianity that a lot of the Brazilians are into. And yeah. I think some of the rapture that Bruno is channeling at that moment in time, it kind of rubs off on Fab on Fabian Shea. It's almost like Fabian Shea is having his own kind of conversion on the pitch. Just look at his face; it's outrageous. And then camera pans off onto um, I think it's Target and Dubravka when the goal hits the when the ball hits the back of the net. They just Dubravka sprints out. He's goaling him and like uh, Target come together and just dive up to each other and give this massive <laughs> mid-air hook. It's uh, gotta watch it. You watch match of the day. Watch the celebration. Slow motion it. Pause it and just look at the faces in the body air language. It's it's a beautiful thing. It's it's religious conversion live live on the pitch and I love it. When when you're saying Shaw's raptured, uh, Norman, are you, are you saying he's actually like almost like levitating, like he's going up? Oh, yeah, he's he's in touch with a big man himself. No two ways about it. <laughs> Okay, we'll leave it there for part one of the show. Some advertisements now um, from our partners at Blue Wire. If you want to listen to these shows without the advertisements, we'd love to have you on our Patreon platform, six months, 16 months, a link in the description to this podcast to sign up if you haven't already. Back after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate 
isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's talk about um, Eddie Howe, Charlotte. Um, we, you know, we we planned these shows uh, beforehand, and you were very keen to talk about Eddie Howe and the job he has done. I think perhaps he's done such a good job. People are talking about him as a manager of the season candidate. I think that wouldn't be. I mean, there's still some of the season to play, so let's see how that goes. But <laughs> she could just all go terribly wrong. For yeah, me. <laughs> but um, but he has just done a, a, a job that the, the most optimistic of Newcastle United fans, I feel, still would have thought improbable that's five wins in a in a row at home which is extraordinary and if you look at the teams we've beaten at home it's um you know Everton are bad but Wolves Brighton Aston Villa um now Leicester these aren't like these aren't Norwich do you know I mean these aren't you know disastrous teams who are just there for the beating particularly with our side um are we in danger Charlotte of, of of forgetting how good a job he's done because because winning is starting to come more naturally um Maybe some people, I don't think, I don't think the people that I talk to about the match are like every time we, like yesterday we, you know, a point against Leicester would have been considered a good result, especially where we are. And I also just want to say on your point about, you know, he's done a job that even the most optimistic Newcastle fan, even the most optimistic football fan, because where we were in December, no no team has ever come back from that and stayed in the Premier League, I think, is is the stat everybody keeps sort of bandying around. We we were we were nailed on for relegation. We were favourites. Um and for and this this turnaround has been unbelievable. I don't think we're in too much danger of uh getting complacent with wins quite yet. Um I think if you're looking just at results, you could. But if you're watching the actual games, there are still moments in the games where it's tense. There was, Leicester went ahead yesterday. It's very unusual for a team to come from behind and then win the game. I think you made that point on your Twitter. Um, and you, you, you know, you watch this team dig in, and I think that that is that is a how effect. I think he has this incredible motivational effect on this team. Um, I don't know what how it's done but it's done because it's just amazing 
Um, I he's easily manager of the season. He's got to be manager of the season. I know you say this this season left, but yes, I don't think that we're at risk too much. As I say, I think if you're looking just at the results, maybe. But if you're watching those games uh, week in, week out, and if you've watched Newcastle over the past 14 years, I don't think we're ready to shake off that slight feeling of dread that something's going to go wrong quite yet. Give it a few more games. But I just think he's done an incredible job and continues to. And I like how focused he is. And I like how uh, he speaks in the uh, press conferences afterwards. And he says, you know, it's not over till it's over kind of thing. Like, we've still got to keep going and we've still got to pick up points. And that's exactly the attitude that I want our manager to have. So, I agree. He is very much a manager who just wants to see the side constantly improving. It wouldn't even matter if we were mathematically safe from relegation right now. There would be no downing of tools a la previous manager. And I look at it like this. I mean, there's absolutely zero chance we're getting relegated. Um, there's zero chance of the season petering out because of how, because of Tyndall. I think because of the players themselves as well, there's a lot of players in there who who want to keep impressing until the end of the season because they know that there are going to be well, there's going to be arrivals in the summer, right? And players know they're mm-hmm. going to get shipped out. So I think people want to remain here as long as possible to remain part of this this project that's just going to take off. But what I will say quickly is Leeds United away, um, me and uh, me and you were there, Alex, and I remember us saying at the time, 35 points will be enough this season. And even at that point, 35 points for us seemed like a stretch. It seemed like getting to 35 points would be hard, hard work. And, and if Howard got with the 35 points and we'd avoid a relegation, it would have been an incredible job. We're on 37 with six games left. That's how good the job is. It's almost like he's done such a good job. We're not even thinking about the fact that he's done a brilliant job anymore because he's done it so easily. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, It's one of the, the, the biggest achievements by any Newcastle United manager. I may like to have supporting the club. Um, it, you know, Keegan, Division 2, gigantic. Um, football's changed a lot, so you could... Possibly put this on on a par with that in many respects. Um, maybe a touch controversial seeing that, but there are parallels. Put it that way. Totally agree, and I'm, I'm pleased you bring up that. You know, looking at the points totals like that, that when you're in a relegation battle, that's kind of what you obsess about. I, I think probably 35 points will be. It will definitely be enough this season to stay up. I think. Um, so we've probably stayed up for quite a while in terms of the maths. But I'm just I'm just so blown away by every single game. How good. Newcastle are defensively. There are some managers in the Premier League that never managed to achieve what Howe has already achieved with Newcastle. It is so opposite. It is so ridiculous. If you go back to when Eddie Howe was appointed and even that first Brentford home game, the idea that Newcastle would become one of the best defensive sides in the league is just absurd. And he's done it. And he's and he and he's done it quite easily. And yes, we brought in well, he brought in a, a left back on loan. He brought in a right back who's hardly played for. And he brought in um, a centre-back who was in decent form, but not really in Brighton's first eleven. And to turn that plus our current crop of players into one of the most defensively solid teams in the Premier League is just just incredible. Newcastle only had 31% of the ball yesterday. And the second half wasn't very good. I'll say it, Newcastle, I, I don't quite understand how... I thought Newcastle was a better team in the first half yesterday. And if, you know, if either side looked more likely to win the game, it was us. Second half, I don't think you can make that argument at all. I thought Leicester dominated the game. But Newcastle, Newcastle allowed Leicester, um, I think, zero shots on target in the second half and only two shots on target all game, one of which was the goal which Dubravka should have saved, uh, albeit it was a badly defended slash well-worked corner from Leicester. To, to, to give a team 71% of the ball and a team like Leicester City with an uh, array of riches in, 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 in their attacking sense of the players that they have, 
that in itself, even if you ignore the results, while having two shots on target despite having 71% of the possession, that is just a defensive masterpiece. Like you said, Norman, Bruno's come in, you know, I, I don't know too much about Lian, but I know a little bit about Brazil. Brazil don't play many games where they don't have, you know, the majority of the ball. Bruno's come in and he's managed to turn Bruno into a kind of, you know, box-to-box, consistently sprinting, defensively sound player. That takes something to bring in a player for forty million pounds, who's known as a as a playmaker, who's known as the one who makes things happens on the ball. Bruno Bruno now does all of the things off the ball that we didn't think were possible from John Drew Shelby and Jalinton, and and their work off the ball is simply sensational. Charlotte, you mentioned it there about the respect that he has from the players. It is not an easy thing to go into a Premier League club and make the players work as hard as our players do every single game, week after week after week. That that to me is a is a remarkable turnaround because we were a team. That didn't run. We were the team that were easy to play against. I can't think of a harder team, just in terms of sheer um, running and perspiration, than Newcastle United this season. Apart from Spurs, I'm going to always have to come back and say that. Apart from the Spurs game, that's the big caveat. But you're allowed one blowout every once in a while. Newcastle are a hard team to play against for the first time in quite a few years, and it's uh... not every team has a Mad Dog Tindall on a leash, though. <laughs> that's pretty good motivation. To, to get the players running. Um, he was in the t-shirt yesterday as well, Tindall. Uh, <laughs> few people have noticed that. Showing more top, flesh. Topping up. <laughs> the people top the up. You saw the weather, topping the tan up. Yeah, yeah absolutely spot on. I mean, <clears throat> and, and just, I mean, the, the the point Norman's made as well, and I'll, I'll come back to your point, but I mean, it took took how six games to win his first game against uh, Burnley, I think. And then it was another six games to, to win the second game against Leeds. And we took some hammerings in that. We took the Man City and Leicester, and the the like to where we are as a team now defensively. Like I did not believe like how had that in him. Like when when he came in, I, I figured the the way we'll be kind of defending, and, and the way I always felt his Bournemouth team did it was more through like possession and, and limiting the the opposition team of of having control to to be able to 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 cut, sort of create that many chances. That we're not doing it that way at at all. I mean that. <laughs> that was like a, a Chelsea, uh, sorry, a Leicester team that, that won the league performance in terms of literally had none of the ball, but were just clinical and, and defended unbelievably well. And as you say, I mean the just the the, the signings he's made. I mean they were. You, I'm I'm not having anyone say anything else to us. They were Eddie Howe signings as well in terms of I don't imagine with with basically a, what appears to be a limitless checkbook to go out and get anyone they want like those. They are players that Eddie Howe has identified, saying they're the type of players I'd, I can work with, and I need to, to to sort this this team out. And I've said it um, before on podcasts; it's unbelievable the defensive job that, like, I, I think this is surpasses what like Rafa was able to do with kind of the, the some of his parts. And and I always thought like that Rafa was the first kind of Newcastle man I can remember anyway that actually kind of sorted out the defense and. Um, like we've, we've historically been a, a like not not great in that that department, but um, you've just got to give so much credit to to everyone. And as you say, it's kind of one of those things where it's just a, a some great of its parts because I, I can only imagine we were talking about yesterday that a lot of these plays will be replaced. That there's surely better options out there that will will allow us to do um, do more in in future. But um, what, I mean, what a hell of a run! I mean, to to get to the number of wins that we have in such a short time and um 
like it's it's just been an incredible incredible um run and he's, he's also done it with the players that were already there and as you say um it's it's really really interesting that he's he got buy-in from from players that it, like at John Shelby, for example as you say the amount of work he's doing off the ball and he was one that we kind of always as a group kind of felt like he was one of the weaker links in terms of the defensive just because he didn't have the legs but he's now like kind of orchestrating that push in the press and and, and and doing his grafting, it's it's just an incredible, incredible job that they've all got every player to buy into. Um, and it's it's like the, the the proof is in the pudding, the results we're getting from it is unbelievable. Spot on. Um, how's points per game record over the 21 games he's been in charge? Would over a full season equal 60 points, which is five points off what pod you've got when we finished fifth? I mean, that's just unbelievable, right? Um, in terms of the defence, the... Obvious improvement in Emil Kraft. I know others on this podcast will wax lyrical about him. I'll just quickly say there's a couple of incidents that really showed me the improvement in Kraft has just been it's exponential, right? The the first half, his one-two, his attacking uh, ability to overlap, that he put the cross in that led to the corner that got with the equaliser, I think. Um, and then the second half, there was a block on Luckman. Luckman was just about to pull the trigger and Kraft's block was outstanding. And not only did he just block it, he actually come out with the ball and, and, and laid it off, which was a superb piece of play. Um, Dan Burns blocked on 85 minutes. There's obviously been an issue lately with Newcastle conceding goals later on. I think, in fact, we've conceded more goals in the last 10 minutes than any other team bar Norwich, perhaps. And yesterday, they put in a little bit of pressure on the goal. As you see, Alex, they didn't have any shots on target, but they had a lot of the ball in the box. They didn't have shots on target because you had people like Dan Byrne throwing their body in the way and blocking, blocking any sort of movement. It was it was absolutely fantastic. Um, and just finally, quickly on Matt Target, not only is he very capable defensively, what he offers going forward is something we haven't seen coming from a flank and from a fullback in a long, long time. Obviously, Trippier comes in as well and, and makes that difference, but he's been injured. Um, that ball, the way that he won the ball, rather than rather than just shepherd Thomas out to play at the end of the game, kill a bit of time, accept the point, move on. He, he, he keeps the ball in, he turns Thomas and he puts a beautiful ball up the line and you're thinking that that sort of ambition, a player to have the confidence to do that at that late stage of the game, that's down to his kind, as I say, natural confidence, but also the fact that Howe is, is encouraging players not to just waste time like that. It's like, we've still got a chance to win this. Let's do it. And, and they did and it was um, an absolutely brilliant celebration. And I, any any sort of argument over how would not be in particularly good at coaching sides defensively. You know, we had a Burnley fan on Mike a couple of times, a great lad, who said that he, he actually predicted us to get relegated in January because he thought, how couldn't coach a defence? I mean, there's the evidence of a manager who is constantly evolving in terms of what they're doing, constantly learning. And um, I mean, my God, the future is as bright as Jason Tindall's town, as far as I'm concerned. Let's move on then um, and talk about the rest of the season a little bit. If you look at the Premier League table, uh, which I am doing right now, Newcastle are in 14th place on 37 points. We're kind of in a, a mini league. Uh, I suppose you could go as far down to Leeds United, but who are in decent form. But certainly, Aston Villa are a point below us in 15th to Leicester City in 9th. There's only four points separating those teams, and Newcastle have just won uh, two in a row. Brentford have won three in a row. Brighton have just come off the, the back of two fantastic results. So there's some, there's some sides in form down there. Palace were in very good form before uh, the last couple of games. So, I mean, what I'm really interested in is how far this team can go. I'm always looking up, particularly at, you know, particularly with the, the form and the performances and the fact that we've got our two best players to come back. Let's not forget Eddie Howe has done the vast majority of this this season without his two best players in Callum Wilson and Kieran Trippier. 
maybe you could throw Bruno in now. But I think in terms of, uh, you know, standout talents that instantly transform this side, Kieran Trippier, as well as Kraft's done, uh, and, as, and, you know, Chris Wood has, has weighed in with, with two vital goals at Newcastle and some, some decent performances. Uh, I think those two footballers massively improve this side. I would absolutely love Newcastle United to finish in the top 10. We've only managed to do it twice in the last 16 seasons or 16 years, I think, something like that. I think you've got to go back to basically you've got 11, 12, two, uh, 2013, 14 when we finished 10th. Mm. Um, and then before that, you've got to go back to 2003, 4 for Newcastle's last top 10 finish before then. Oh, no, sorry, 2005, 6. But anyway, a long, long time. I would really like to see us finishing the top 10 it, it would be a, a major positive for for Eddie Howe for the new ownership uh, and also to finish above the sides that I've just listed there I would like us to finish top of that mini league we're not going to get relegated we weren't going to get relegated before this fixture we're definitely not going to get relegated now I would also like us to see us beat our points total we've been about that 44 45 points mark for four seasons now I'd like to see how beat that despite coming in you know with 11 games what did about five points after 11 games when he came in um I think it's possible we've got this was a massive week for Newcastle United. We've started in the best possible fashion. We've got a game against Crystal Palace, who are, again, in this little mini-league with us. We've got them at home, and then we've got Norwich away on Saturday. If we could win both of those games, it would take a lot to win to win three games a week in the Premier League is a, a big ask, but I think we're capable of it. I think I think we will do it. We'll have a full Crystal Palace preview, of course, for patrons coming up today, I think, or tomorrow. Um I don't know, Ben, I'll start with you, mate. Does it matter? You know, often when I put these things on social media, not everyone has to agree with me. Most people don't. But I get these replies saying, it doesn't matter. It's all about staying up. It's Forget about this. The rest of it doesn't matter. To me, if you're trying to build a winning culture and you're trying to do something quite special, which I think, well, we have done something special already by staying up with the first team ever in Premier League history to not win our first 15 games and stay in the Premier League. So they've already done that. But I think, I just think this this new version of Newcastle United, we have to strive to be the best we can be. Players like Bruno, the players who've come in, um, you know, they're not, you know, I don't think Bruno Gamara is going to be delighted because Newcastle finished 15th. It's like, let's, let's, let, you know, three hard games to come, the, the two teams at the top and Arsenal. But I'm, I'm excited to see what we can do in those games and strive to to finish and high in the league as possible. Are you particularly asked, Ben, about a top 10 finish or, or do you view it as, you know what, let's just enjoy the next few weeks we've earned it? I, I think it's something... I mean, it's it's going to be very difficult, um, and it's not going to kind of um, if if we don't achieve it, should I say, um, it's not going to cloud my judgment on this team in terms of what we've done this season because they've done unbelievable, and as you say, um, to get us clear from where we were has been unbelievable. But as you say, when we look forward now, I mean, in, in the summer, it's going to be a very different conversation to to be able to use for recruitment tools to say, um, <laughs> like. This this is where we managed to get like playing only two for half the season, um, like and and especially I mean the the, the big thing that's interesting me is is I'm, I'm it's kind of I'm just rueful that um a we we stuck with Bruce for so long this season, um b that like this season has come like in in Howe's first season in charge because when you look at just a little bit further up nobody wants top four. That fourth place, everybody is absolutely dropping the ball, like Tottenham, Arsenal, trying to throw it away. Um, like that, the, there's an opportunity there for somebody to to have like nicked in and and and, and taken it. And I, when when as you say, where where this um, the new owners and and where obviously everybody's kind of looking forward to and, and 
it, it, it's just, as I say, like that's what's going to, I think, be one of the tools we can use is to say, like this on on form anyway. We we we're one of the top sides, and we are capable of of achieving what we're talking about here. And that's the thing I think. Like, I, in the, those inside the club have to have a very different um, perspective of things as as kind of the fans. I mean, as as you say, fans that are happy just to get seventeen. Um, that's not going to excite any player coming in in in, in the summer. That's not going to be what anybody like that kind of just settle in for. For the bare minimum is not why we're this this group have, have achieved what they have, and you can see as well that they're setting standards right now for for the future. And I think you, what you'll see now is is okay. We've set a standard of with with what won 11, 11 games, have not won anything in our first eleven, and and the, I mean the run that we've been on recently is unbelievable. But like to get into this team now, you're going to have to come in and improve things and, and be able to take things on another level. And I mean, the big thing for me is, is Bruno, like, as, as we say, I was kind of unsure where, where he gets into this team because of how well Willock, Joe Linton and, and Shelby played this season. But it just shows you like, he is another level, isn't he? He's another level of player. Um, and, and we need more players like that. And it's, a, it's vital that, Kind of they've they they say they see the ambition within the squad and within the, the within the team to to kind of want to come and be a part of it. Um, like if 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 we kind of fell away now, I think it would be a disaster because um, it would kind of undo a lot of the the hard work that they've they've created to create a culture and a standard, as I say, that that is striving for the best. Um, so yeah, for me, it's imperative that we finish strongly because that this isn't. It's not about safety anymore. We we have transformed as a club. Like this is all about looking up now and improving and building. And I, I don't, I cannot see us being in a relegation scrap next season, no matter what happens. Like even if we have the same squad that we've got now, like they they've set a standard where I would be comfortable that top top ten would be an achievable thing for them to go from the get go. But obviously, obviously, everybody involved is going to be thinking a lot higher than that. And and obviously, the recruitment that we we'll get in the summer. Is, is going to be to, to build on this. So um, for me, yeah, it's really, really important for, for a number of reasons that we're, we're, we don't kind of rest on our laurels now and that we, we kick on and, and strive for better. I don't think we will. Peter out because Eddie Howe is far too competitive to allow it to happen. I think he's a kind of manager who will see the achievement of avoiding relegation very much for what it is. A fantastic achievement. No two ways about it. Earlier, a real strength. He's uh, saying to him that he's, Taking on board everything that he's he's learned over the course of his unemployment from football, you know, it, it's it's evidence of what he's been doing is is right. But in terms of him as a person, he's clearly so competitive that he just will not allow this um, flip flops on on the beach attitude to pervade through the squad, unlike you know a, a previous manager, for example. And I think also the higher we finish up the table, the closer we get to teams like West Ham, Wolves. Leicester, in terms of points, Aston Villa, there's a psychological psychological edge to it there because they'll be looking at it and thinking, Newcastle managed to get this close to her with these players. They're going to bring in four or five more players in the summer where they're going to blow away. So it, it, I think it's very important that we continue this upward trajectory from now until the end of the season. And as I say, I don't think hell will allow it any other way. I think that's just it, isn't it? I don't think... I think there's been such a mentality shift at the club in the last six months. The mentality before was you know, ticking along remit is to get 17th. I think to, yeah, we are safe now. I agree with Alex. Um, I I think 
to just it's it's just antithetical isn't it to eddie howe's entire philosophy for us to be like right well that's job done then it he it, it doesn't stop working <laughs> you know when he um when he was not working for those 15 months he spent that entire time digitizing his his like written notes you know the, the man is a workhorse so i don't think that it that it, it it fits with the new philosophy of the club so i think we're going to kick on keep going it's it's going to um it's it's going to go a long way as well as i say again i'm i'm kind of looking ahead and talking of the recruitment but i mean you you said it there dodgy like <laughs> We're going to probably finish ahead of Villa um, and some of the other teams. I mean, I, I cannot help but think back to Luca Dean and Coutinho and the likes of Deli Alli and Van der Beek rejecting Eddie Howe, ultimately, on this Newcastle side. Is, oh, we don't want to get involved in that relegation scrap. We want to go for the for the, for the the big teams, the, the, the teams that have actually got something to fight for this season in Everton and Villa. Well, uh, I, I'm absolutely delighted that we're hopefully we're going to have something to kind of say, wow, you've got that wrong, lads. Brilliant. Agree with all points. And yes, we can we get top 10? Yes, we can. Uh, is it likely? We'll, we'll see. We'll probably know more after Wednesday. It's a hard game. Palace have been very, very good this season, despite, you know, I say Palace have been good this, this season. We, we'll go above them if we win. <laughs> That's how good we've been since Eddie Howe's come in and Palace didn't start off with a, a you know, there's much has been said about Steve Bruce and that regime, but Palace did not have that at the start of their season. It, this is Eddie Howe's season. You know, this the the future is still to be written, and, and and lots of things can go wrong. Everything has gone right this season under Howe, pretty much. And like Norman, you said, his competitive nature um, is will drive him because it, this isn't just the season that Eddie Howe kept a team up. Uh, that had never been in the position and, and stayed up that Newcastle or any other team had before. But it could be the team that he leads that side in such peril to a top 10 finish. And I think that will be incredibly motivating for him. He's only had one top 10 finish as a manager. He finished ninth with Bournemouth once. So it'd be a big deal for him, big deal for the coach and staff. And, and I really, really think they could they could do it, Charlotte. I'm just going to contend that everything has not gone right for Eddie Howe this season. He lost Trippier quite early on. He's lost Ryan Fraser. We've had other injuries and he's still managed to do what he's done. So I think that's an even bigger uh, uh, accolade for him. Like I think that's an even bigger testament to how uh, hard he's worked and what he's done. I think we'll finish it there this week. Thanks you three for your time and contributions. Thoroughly enjoyable. Yeah, thoroughly enjoyable (laughs) chat on a fantastic Easter weekend for Newcastle United fans. Thanks to everyone who listens. We really appreciate it. We're on Patreon, £6.60 a month. Come and join us uh, to hear lots more of these type of podcasts. Loads planned this week, and uh, we'll be back. I'm not sure yet. Maybe Wednesday night, maybe Thursday. We'll, Depends on the result. We'll, yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll look at that one to come to uh, for the free podcast for the Crystal Palace game. So speak to you all then. Bye-bye. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.